The information contained in this podcast is general in nature and is not to be taken as financial or personal advice. It does not consider your objectives, financial situation or needs. You should consider whether this information is suitable for you and your personal circumstances before acting on it. Hi, and welcome to The Home Run, your guide to buying your first home in Australia. On the show, I'll walk you through the home buying process from every angle. We cover the steps to take, the pitfalls to avoid, and the answers to all your questions you've been dying to ask. No matter what stage you're at, you'll learn everything you need to know about buying your first home. I'm your host, Michael Nasser, and I'm a mortgage broker at Lens Street, and I really love helping people buy their first home. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Rhiannon Jenkins. Rhiannon is a seasoned buyer's agent and property consultant at Hunter James, one of Sydney's premier buyer's agencies, helping to make the property buying process simple and rewarding. In today's episode, we're focusing on the hidden or commonly unknown costs of buying your first home. This topic was requested by a member of our audience, and it's an important one, as there are a number of extra, often unknown costs to be aware of that go beyond just the purchase price that a home buyer needs to factor in. Rhiannon and I discussed some of the most commonly known costs, a lot of the unknown costs, as well as providing some details as to what these cost items actually provide. Lots to get through, so let's jump in. Rhiannon, welcome to the show today. I guess to start things off, it'd be great to get to know you and if you could tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, fantastic. My name is Rhiannon Jenkins. I am a property buyer's agent. So I work with Hunter James Buyer's Agents. And as a buyer's agent, my job is to search, evaluate and negotiate properties on behalf of buyers. And we work with both home buyers and investors as well. So that's a very broad look into what I do as a property buyer's agent. And how did you get into that? So I've got a couple of investment properties myself and purchasing those some years back, going through that process, I noticed there were so many moving parts to that buying process. And I really thought there must be somebody who can pull all of this together and have my interests and represent me throughout the process to help guide me through that process, essentially. And then I found, yes, buyer's agency. And I thought, you know what, I want to help others to do this. That's sort of how I got into it. It was more of a passion and a hobby to start with. And yeah, I just wanted to help others do the same. It's good to know that you've purchased property before, obviously for yourself as well, as obviously on behalf of a lot of other people. But pulling it back to that first one that you were going through, I think that'd be great. So today we're talking about the hidden costs of buying your first home. So to get into that, what are the most obvious costs that come to mind when purchasing a property that we should know about? So the most obvious costs that I can think of are the mortgage and associated costs there. So looking to get finance in the first place. And obviously that's your area of expertise, Michael. That would be the first drop. The second one, it depends if you're looking at a house versus an apartment. So for a house, you're looking at more of the insurances side of things. And for a strata, you're looking at strata fees. So it's looking at what are the ongoing costs as well with that. In terms of you know purchasing upfront as well, so we're looking at stamp duty costs and entry costs into that purchase, which again is something in, in your area of expertise, Michael. And they're probably the most obvious ones upfront that I would say. The purchasing price, obviously, is the main cost we think of when we talk about buying property. We always think, oh, what did it cost? And that's the most obvious cost. Keeping in mind those obvious costs, what are some of the hidden costs that you're aware of that buyers aren't necessarily prepared for or aware of? 
So in terms of more of the hidden or not immediately obvious costs, the ones that help you acquire the property in the first place. So who do you need to support you through that transaction? And one of those is legals. So getting a conveyancer or solicitor on board to help you with the legals throughout that transaction, that comes at a cost as well. And if you are looking to purchase the house, looking at building and inspection costs, essentially building and pest inspection fees. So that's an upfront cost that the buyer will incur as a part of doing their due diligence of looking into that property. If it is an apartment, so looking at a strata fee search. So you want to look at the records and the history of that strata complex. And to inspect those records, you can go and do it yourself as an interested buyer, but you might want to engage a professional to do that on your behalf if that's not your area of expertise. And that will entail a cost as well up front. So there are a couple of the more hidden costs, yeah. I suppose, as a part of the transaction. And then, of course, on your side, you've got things like potential lenders, mortgage insurance as well. And you've also got your additionals that we sometimes forget during that transaction, which are things like moving costs and actually facilitating that transaction once you've purchased. And it's not a um, monetary cost. Well, it can be actually, but I think your time is something as well that people don't necessarily think about in terms of a hidden cost. So what is the cost of your time to go through that entire process to do the searching, um, the researching, the inspecting as well? So that's another cost that I would put in there as well. Yeah, and that's a really good one. That's probably one, yeah, that even I wouldn't have thought about that cost of time. And maybe we can mm -hmm. talk to that a little bit later in terms of how we could estimate that and get a figure as to what that might look like, because that I think is a great idea. From your answers there, one thing I took away was if you're buying a house, so if you're looking at now the costs that are involved with the purchase and the, I guess, the pre-purchase even, where you're considering your options and you mentioned due diligence and conducting your due diligence, you distinguish between a house and an apartment. And obviously as a first home buyer, I would probably say that most people, especially in Sydney, are buying apartments more so than houses, but there are some that are buying houses as well. So if we were to break it off into that way and then talk about some of those costs that we need to consider and doing everything in the correct manner. If we look at a house, throughout the two of them, we've got building and pest, I think you mentioned. So I guess that's a cost common amongst both. And then maybe we can look at some of the costs that might pertain to just apartments that you necessarily wouldn't do on a house. So building in the pest is a starting point. What do they actually do and what would be a, an estimate cost for that, you believe? As you mentioned, it's really important to do your due diligence when you are considering the purchase of a property. So as a part of that is the building and pest inspection. So it's about looking at a qualified and professional builder and to have that person on your side, somebody who has the right licenses in place, essentially to conduct the building and pest inspection on your behalf. So you can make those inquiries online and search for them. And when you do speak to them on the phone, ask about the qualifications and licensing and essentially ask for their services. What does your building and pest inspection actually include? What are the things that you are looking for? Because typically they're looking at the condition of the property and looking for minor and major defects in that property, in that building. But you really want to have a chat to them up front and understand exactly what it is that they're looking for and what type of report that they're going to provide to you on the other side as well. And what sort of guidance they will provide to you once they explain that report to you as well. Because it can be quite overwhelming. 
and there's a lot of jargon involved if that's not your area of expertise. So it's great to have a builder on your side that can actually explain to you what are the defects, if any, what are the concerns around the building condition or the pest status essentially for that building. So the cost, and I'm talking from a Sydney perspective as well, it can really vary depending on the professional that you engage. But Typically around that $500 to $600 mark plus GST is what I have typically seen. It can vary from professional to professional. And it's just to get that guide and I guess to put some type of figure on it and to establish that there is a cost. Mm. Now, what would you say to those people that are looking to purchase their first home and think that they don't need a building and pest? I mean, what's the importance of doing it? And what would you say to somebody that thinks that they can do it themselves? Well, I mean, I'd ask them if they are a qualified and professional builder themselves. And if not, I would say, okay, well, what's your reasoning for not wanting to get the building and pest inspection done? Because that cost of $550, say, could be peace of mind when there could be potential thousands and thousands of dollars if there are any issues with the property that you can't obviously see as the regular buyer. So it is a big risk to take on. So you want to make sure that you have that expert on your side who can give you the guidance if that's not your area of expertise. Do you have any examples of what you've seen that perhaps somebody wouldn't have picked up if they were going through their house and were they able to avert a problem? Yeah, absolutely. So as an example, we've had a building inspector actually go through the roof of a property. So when you go to an inspection as a regular buyer, you're not going to be able to get up inside the roof and take a look. So you want the professional to do that on your behalf. And as an example, we found things that could cause potential issues down the track or may need immediate attention. And that builder is able to sort of say, okay, look, this is the potential issue that you have or that you may incur. These are the approximate costs that you could be looking at, but you'd need to get um, you know, an engineer in place or, or what have you. But it just gives you that peace of mind and actually the direction of where to look next and what other trades people or professional to engage to give you quotes if there is that additional cost. So you're getting into the roof, getting into the subfloor as well. So these uh, inspectors actually get into the nitty gritty and will show you everything. We've also had lots of photos taken of every single crack and damage that's been in the property. So that's been really helpful to provide context to the buyer as well in terms of what is this property, what does it look like, what would I be getting into and looking at the balance of things and the balance of the purchase and seeing if they want to proceed. It just gives you more context and peace of mind to that purchase if they do go ahead. Provides you a lot of information and I guess that information empowers you to make a decision that's more stable and more concrete in terms of what you're looking to do and being mindful and being aware of something is a lot better than not knowing about it and finding out after the fact. And you don't know what you don't know, right? That's why, as I mentioned, I got into this profession as well, because there's so many moving parts. Who do you know who to contact for which stage of the process? And it's really important. It's such a big asset and big purchase, obviously, and particularly for first-home buyers who haven't experienced the purchase before. It's so important to have that team on your side. Would you do a building and pest on an apartment building as well or would it just be a freestanding house? You can. It's really up to the buyer what their preference is. I mean, with apartments, they do have the strata search. So you can look through the records and see if there has been any special levies raised for potential upcoming works 
or previous works. So that's why it's really important to get that strata search done, to have a look at the financials, to see what the strata committee have actually spent on on any defects or any maintenance works. So that's the pathway to actually look at the quality of the complex that you'd be purchasing into. So you can purchase a building in person inspection for an apartment, but there's also the strata searches that provide additional information. And that would be the main difference between a house and an apartment purchase. And with an apartment purchase, you'd be looking at that strata report, as you indicated. Are there any other details that that strata report picks up on or anything that a first-time buyer should be looking at or being mindful of in doing that? Yeah, absolutely. So with the strata report, they typically should include the AGM minutes, which is the annual general meeting. So that's where the owners get together and talk about the complex. So you can have a look at what's being said, what's been agreed to. You can get a sense of harmony in the building. Do the owners get along? You can also take a look at email correspondence as well between the committee and the lot owners also. So it provides a really good insight to how the complex is actually being run, how it's managed, how are the funds being allocated? Is there enough in the sinking fund, in the admin fund? So it's a great document Mm. to actually check out. You mentioned the sinking fund. What is that exactly? I hear it referred to a lot. What's a sinking fund when you're looking at a strata report? So in terms of the levies paid towards the strata, so essentially there's the two funds and you asked what the sinking fund was. In New South Wales, I'm not sure about other states, it's now called the Capital Works Fund, which essentially means it's capital expenditures. So it's more of the larger ticket items. Say if the whole building wants to be repainted or something like this, it's not your typical day-to-day expenses. It's more of the larger expenses that may be planned or unplanned even. Mm -hmm. What would the cost of that be? I mean, is it the same as a building in Pest or what would a strata cost roughly a report? So in terms of getting the strata records inspected, from a Sydney perspective, a couple of hundred dollars could be the cost to actually engage an inspector. If you are looking to purchase, particularly in Sydney, sometimes the selling agent will actually already have pre-purchased the strata report and you can pay a portion of that fee, say $49, to get access to that strata report. But of course, you can actually go and get your own independent inspector to also inspect all of the records for you. And they will actually go to the office and actually review all of the strata records and pull that strata report together for you. It has to be incurred, but I guess highly advisable. Yes, because you want to understand what's the health of the complex that I'm purchasing into. Are there any costs that are coming up? Are there any special levies that have been raised that I haven't accounted for? So yes, the quarterly levies may be X amount, 1400 or whatever the amount is. There actually may be a special levy for the next two years to actually rectify an issue in the building. So it's really important to have a look through those records to actually understand you know, financially what the implications are but also how the complex is being run and managed. Could you expand on the concept of a special levy? Again, this is only relative to people buying apartments. What is a special levy and when is that payable? A special levy is sometimes if it's a capital expenditure, something out of that capital works fund, if they don't have enough in the kitty and they actually need to raise additional funds to pay for something, perhaps there's a major issue being caused by weather damage, for example, to the complex. Something that may be unplanned or planned, you know, as I mentioned, if they're painting the entire building, it may incur a large additional cost. And then the committee will actually raise a special levy to try and get those additional funds to pay for any of those expenditures. 
And that seems relatively complex, I would imagine. But if you're considering this or you're looking at your first home, the key takeaway might be look at that capital works fund or that sinking fund as it's commonly referred to and have a look at how large or small it is. And I guess the larger it is, the more of a buffer that you might have to work with in terms of not needing to put additional funds to help with these either planned or unplanned events or capital works that may need to be done to the building. You have to think about how many lots are in the complex as well, how many units are in the complex and compare that to what the financials are. And things may come up that are unforeseen that you may not be able to account for that may not be in the minutes themselves. But that is the risk that the buyer takes on. There are also strata specific lawyers that buyers can engage because, as you mentioned, it is very complex. There are many documents, so much correspondence to look through. Sometimes it's hard to know what to look for. So you can engage a professional strata lawyer to actually guide you in what to look for Mm. and what it actually means once you've found those documents, once you've got a whole email correspondence and the financials, what does it actually mean? mean? And I would imagine a conveyancer would be able to assist in that in most instances as well in terms of interpreting that information and making it understandable to a buyer. Yeah, so some conveyances or solicitors will look at the strata report for you. Some don't because the onus is typically on the buyer to make their own inquiries around it. So that would be one of my tips as well around the conveyancer or the lawyer to ask them up front, look, if you are purchasing a strata title property, will they be able to look at the strata report for you and actually provide some guidance on it? Yeah, that's a great tip. We've spent a bit of time talking about the building and pest inspection because it's one of the most common additional costs that we can incur, but it's important to also outline the benefits of it and why you would do it. When we're looking at conveyancing, what type of cost from your experience do you normally see as an allowance and what should a first-time buyer be thinking about as a budget for that? Yeah, so with a conveyancer or a solicitor, they will quote their fee typically up front to the buyer and let them know what is included in that. So again, being Sydney-based, typically around that $2,000 mark plus GST for the conveyancing services. But I would also advise the buyer to actually ask, are there any additional charges? So for such things as additional contract reviews, because if you uh, negotiate on 10 different properties because you've missed out, will the conveyancer review all of those included in the upfront cost or will they charge per contract review? So just asking the conveyancer and solicitor upfront before you engage so that you can factor those costs in as well. And I guess it's important to note that all these costs that we're providing are just a guide. They can vary amongst individuals and different companies and professionals. So it's always important to check that out and also ask and inquire those questions that you've mentioned in terms of the services that they do provide. But it's just as a guide and more to make it mindful that it's not just that obvious purchase price. There are these other little costs that we've mentioned. You mentioned stamp duty. It's something we've touched on a few times, but I guess for anyone that hasn't listened to any of the previous episodes, stamp duty, what is it? And roughly how much would that work out to be? Stamp duty is a tax that's payable to the state government and it differs from state to state. In terms of understanding how much the stamp duty is, it would vary on each individual property. But for New South Wales in particular, if you go to Revenue New South Wales website, they have an estimate stamp duty calculator that can give you a guide or an idea of what that stamp duty cost could look like. So yeah, probably best to go to the state government website to have a look. 
and also chat to your mortgage broker. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They're the best place as well to help you in that area. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that with stamp duty, it is very much dependent on the purchase price and also other elements, especially as a first home buyer, there might be some subsidies available or some tax, some concessions for first home buyers that come at certain costs. And we won't discuss them now obviously, but they do range from state to state. But that is, I think, jumping onto calculators and you can just search many online calculators. Revenue New South Wales is one or the respective states have their own ones or you could just Google something and I'm sure a stamp duty estimator will come through. But an important cost, nonetheless, that, that forms part of the transaction that someone needs to think about. You mentioned moving costs as well. When you're thinking about that cost or speaking to your clients, do you provide an estimate for that and roughly what would that be? Yeah, so moving costs can really vary depending on the company or the business or the person that you engage to do that. So typically they'll charge per hour for the moving costs and may have a minimum number of hours to say it's a three hour minimum that you need to engage them for. And it can quite vary. I've seen online, you know, $180 per hour. That's for a Sydney estimate. That's just for one company. So it's really important to sort of do your own research and yeah. have a look look at the reviews of the removalists as well and make sure that you're getting yeah, quality professionals yeah. to help you. Were there any other costs that you'd mentioned earlier that I haven't picked up on or anything else that you'd want to bring to our attention at this stage? Not at this stage. No, no I think we've covered off most of the costs. But, yeah. yes, these are general estimates yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's really important that the buyer does their own inquiries and own research yeah. into the different professionals because they can vary widely within a city, within yeah. a state and across states as well. Let's shift a little bit to a cost that is very close to what you do as a buyer's agent. You did mention early on that there's the cost of time. And in everything that we've mentioned, time is involved. As a buyer's agent, I advocate buyer's agents very highly, but we don't really want to know the costs per se because they can vary exactly what they may be. I'm sure there are multiple services, but what does a buyer's agent bring to the transaction? Essentially, what we do is from start to finish for the buyer. So to begin with, we'll do an initial consultation with the buyer and really understand their brief. And that means getting clarity on their goals, their needs, their wants. And understanding what that looks like right up front. Then we move on to the research phase and the searching phase as a buyer's agent that we do. And we can leverage our existing access to tools, data and information, as well as our relationships with selling agents also. And as we mentioned time, look, this is a full-time role for me and absolutely that's what it takes in order to go through all of the research and search phase alone. So that is a very hands-on, a very proactive step in the process. It means constantly calling agents to uncover those off-market opportunities as well. The next stage is the inspection stage. So once we have our initial list of properties, we physically go to the properties and inspect them and buyers agents may have a checklist with them as well that they go through to make sure that it ticks the criteria for the client. And the next stage is to create a shortlist for that client. So we want to save the buyer time. So we're culling all of those properties down and presenting only the best to the client or the buyer to have a look at that meets their criteria. 
once the buyer's agent receives feedback on that shortlist, if there are any properties that the buyer is really interested to move forward with, then they can move to the property evaluation stage. So for us in our business, we do independent property reports, which essentially analyzes what that property's potential purchase price could be using comparable sales, market commentary, campaign commentary as well, and doing that analysis there. Then it's actually moving to the negotiation phase. So if the buyer is happy with what the property looks like once we've presented that independent report and we can agree on the price as well, your walkaway price is the buyer, then it's moving to the negotiation or the auction bidding phase. And as the buyer's agent, we do that on their behalf. So we take away the stress, the time and the pressure of that process as well and do the negotiation or auction bidding on their behalf. And then it's a matter of supporting them right up until settlement when there is the handover of keys as well. And any ongoing support, they may need quotes for renovation, that kind of thing, or tradespeople, we can also support them. Obviously, if someone's looking to engage a buyer's agent, the costs that are associated, do you have to generally do all of that or are you able to break that off into certain areas or certain offerings or services? Yeah, absolutely. So if the buyer or the client actually really enjoys the research and searching phase, and they find the property themselves, then we offer a service where we will just evaluate and negotiate a property for the client. So sometimes the buyer can find a property that they really like, but they're really unsure how does it stack up against other properties in the market. They don't want to pay too much for that particular property. So what is fair market value? So we can do that assessment on their behalf and then also negotiate or go to auction on their behalf. So that is a part of the process that we can do at a smaller fee, essentially for the buyer. If we look at it as time, again, I'm going back to your cost of time. On an average transaction that you are working with, let's say it's the full thing that you're doing from start to finish, how many hours would you spend on that roughly? The typical time from start to exchange of contracts is, say, four to six weeks okay. for the client. Yeah. So, of course, we would have a couple of clients, so a number of clients that we would work with at the same time. So it's not you know, full time for that six weeks. When we're looking at potentially getting buyers agents involved to help us with our property transaction, if that's what we want to do, what are the type of costs that could be associated with that and how is that structured? Buyers agents can charge in all different ways, essentially, depending on the business that they work for. So there's typically two types of fees that buyers agents can charge or two different types of models. The first one is a fixed fee and the other is a percentage of the purchase price. So with the fixed fee model, the buyer's agent will typically look at the brief, having that initial consultation with the client and then assessing the complexity of the brief and the price point potentially and then quoting what that fee would look like upfront. And the other option is, yes, percentage of the purchase price. So it depends what the buyer ends up purchasing and then they will quote a percentage of that purchase price and charge the buyer that way. If people are interested in finding out, I encourage you to reach out to some buyers agents and maybe get some costs because it is quite a unique offering. And in order to get that clear idea, you need to reach out to find out whether it's a percentage or it's a fixed fee and things like that. Do you mind me asking, are you guys fixed fee or are you percentage? So we are fixed fee. So we like to quote the client upfront what the cost is going to be rather than them still having that question mark at the end of the day, what is it going to be? We provide that transparency upfront to the client and quote them the fixed fee. 
And obviously a buyer's agent fee isn't a hidden fee. It's just an auxiliary fee a client can potentially use or can engage to basically save time and also arrive to an outcome that might be more favourable in terms of the quality of the purchase that they're buying. And they'll definitely get assistance in that regard. Okay, I think we understand a bit about buyer's agent costs and exactly what they entail. Let's run through a scenario. I think the best way to sort of do this is to run through a scenario as to what the costs might be. So being in Sydney and we're looking at first home buyers, obviously prices can vary, but I was thinking we use a price of $850,000 as a purchase price. So if we were to work with that, so purchase price is $850,000, we've obviously got a 10% deposit that's generally required at exchange. If we have a look at that stamp duty roughly on that $850,000 purchase, it would be 33555 We've got the mortgage and registration and transfer fees of 295 conveyancing and legal fees, which we've discussed, about $2,000. Building and inspection would be around $500, we've said. Moving costs, about $1,000. And we've got settlement adjustments too. Lenders fees, we're looking at essentially we've got a loan application fee and we've got a legal fee. So loan application fees can vary amongst lenders, but as an average, you could use 500. Legal fees are legal fees that the lender will incur, which are generally passed on. They're around $300. And then we've got in this instance, because we're using a 10% deposit, there would be LMI payable. And LMI is obviously a whole other topic in itself. But in this instance, it would be $18,819, which gives us a total hidden cost of around $57,000 on $850,000 purchase. So it's pretty considerable amount. And the way that we would generally think about it is anywhere between five to 7% of the purchase price is a good idea in terms of what you're looking at for those additional costs that you might not have factored in. So that could be a general rule of thumb that someone could use in that regard. And obviously on top of that, we've got the buyer's agent potential fee that could be incurred. And that's something that if you guys are interested in finding out, you can get in touch with Rhiannon or with any respective buyer's agent that you can find out there. So what i like to finish up all the chats that I have with professionals would be the top three tips that you'd have for first home buyers. So I guess you've got a first home buyer in front of you. They're all ears. They want to know what tips do you have for them? What would be the three bits of information you'd provide to a first home buyer in terms of your top three tips for them? Yeah, my top three tips for first home buyers, number one would be to make sure that you have your team around you, make sure that you're surrounded by a team of experts to help you through that process. And that looks like having your conveyancer on board, your mortgage broker on board, potentially an accountant, financial planner, and buyer's agent, of course. And actually searching for those people, making sure that they have their licenses in place and if they're a part of industry bodies and checking out their reviews online, it's a good starting place to actually you know, see who you want on your team to advise you. The second thing I would advise first-home buyers is to firstly get clear on why you're buying in the first place because the what and the how will start to become a little bit more clearer, a little bit easier when the pressure does start to get put on when you are looking for properties. So really get clear on why you're buying the property in the first place is really important. And thirdly, from a buyer's agent perspective, just a quick little tip. So a lot of buyers will go straight to the for sale listings on the portals. But I would say look at the sold section because that will give you a great indication of prices in the areas that you're considering. So they're my three top tips. Rhiannon, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate the insights with regards to the costs as well as what they pertain to walking us through. That was really helpful. And I'm sure our listeners are going to find that quite helpful, as I've mentioned. So thank you for your time. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, Mike.
really appreciate being on the podcast and hopefully I can help a buyer or two out there who's listening. Yes. And let's say they do need that help. What's the best way that they can get in touch with you? They can contact me through social. So my Instagram is Rhiannon Buyers Agent. Just search that on Instagram. You can email me. So Rhiannon at hunterjames.com.au. That information will be in the show notes. So you guys can refer to that if you would like to chat to Rhiannon about anything that we've discussed today or anything else, buyers agent related. Thank you very much. Thanks, Michael. See ya. You've been listening to The Home Run, your guide for buying your first home in Australia. This podcast was produced by Lendstreet. Lendstreet is a mortgage broker and home loan specialist that helps first home buyers find the right loan to meet their needs. We know applying for a loan can be overwhelming and complex, so we help guide and support first home buyers through the process from start to finish. To find out more, head to our website, lendstreet.com.au. We've also put a link in the show notes. To make sure you don't miss an episode of The Home Run, be sure to subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps others find the show. I'm Michael Nasser, and we'll be back next episode covering another step on the journey to owning your first home.